Hey, what's going on, grappling fans? Hope you've had a good week. Happy Friday to everyone out there. It's been another fun run of shows on Who's Number One. And uh, to round out the week, we have one of our original guests from the, the quarantine series, if you want to call it that. Uh, Fionn Davies is joining us today. She was there on uh, the very second week, I think, or first week of this. So, Fionn, how you doing? How you been? First off, am I correct? Is your name Fionn, Fionn Davi- you. Davis is how you pronounce it, right? <laughs> oh, there I remember you, you corrected me at Euros. Don't you pronounce it Davis or Davies? It is indeed Davis. But, uh, Davis, yeah. All right, I'm, I've he, already started off on the wrong Fionn. foot here. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody says I'm it right. But let's, Fionn, so. Yeah, let's uh, let's get it out there for the public. Her name is Fionn Davis because everyone on earth thinks that your name is Fionn Davies. How have things been for you? Or Fiona? Yeah, it's okay. Um, I'm obviously like missing jiu-jitsu massively, but I'm surprisingly not freaking out just yet yet give it time <laughs> so uh like we were just mentioning you started we, we were chatting very early throughout the crisis but how have things changed for you i mean it's uh you know the lockdown measures have definitely become more advanced out here uh what has your life been like in the last six seven weeks or whatever it's been i'm so sorry that cut out for the entire thing of what you just said for some reason let me try one more time can you hear me now <laughs> yeah i can hear you now okay great um I was just saying, right when we first were chatting uh, six, seven weeks ago, you know, the, the lockdown measures just got into place. We weren't really sure what was going to happen next. I was just curious how life has changed for you since uh, that time. Um, I mean, like, it got more restricted, I think. I think last time we talked, it wasn't quite so strict, maybe. I think we just locked down, actually. Um, and I was like, it was like two weeks, and then it just continuously two weeks was added. <laughs> And then it's like whenever the next announcement kind of comes around, it's like it'll be another two weeks before anything happens. I don't know why it's always two weeks. Um, that's the like the keeping us happy period. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like nothing has really changed. I've started doing online coaching, I guess. Um, I was going to go to a job interview in Aldi, uh, the supermarket, if you don't know it in the US. I'm sure you do, actually. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we have and it. I got fruited in that. I got through to the next stage. So I was like, woo, <laughs> round one. And then I was like, I really don't want to go. And then there's nothing against uh, Aldi, as I'm sure it's a great company. Um, but I really don't want to go back to, to to those kind of jobs. And I'm not otherwise qualified, uh, except for jujitsu. I have no um, qualifications whatsoever. And uh, I used to do like door work and working in a bar and things like that. And I just don't want to go back to those jobs. I will if I have to, but I was like, I'll give online coaching a go. And just see if anyone actually wants to. And surprisingly, people do. So hopefully that will help me out in the time being. So if people wanted to, I don't know, hire you as an online coach, how do they go about doing that? What's the process? Um, You can message me on Instagram. (laughs) And I might see it. And I might not. Um, But no, I have like a booking page where you can do, it's like basically online private, um, which sounds, you know, saucy in a way but uh <laughs> it's uh, usually it's just everyone i've had so far i think has either been a couple or like father daughter scenario and they've got a bit a bit of a mat space there's all those people who are kind of fortunate that they have um a partner and a bit of space and then i just show them some techniques like a regular private and it actually surprisingly works quite well and i'm not just saying that like i was like i don't know if i should even charge people for this because i don't know if i can actually help over zoom and also i couldn't work zoom as you discovered um i struggled technically michael if you remember our last <laughs> podcast attempt 
but um yeah like it, it actually worked quite well and it was really fun and all the people that i've done them with so far have been really lovely so yeah well that's awesome i uh make sure everyone out there watching this uh you're looking for some new concepts and new training tips you know hit, hit fee on up and see see what you can get from that what are you doing to train yourself while you're uh locked down you do you, do, you get any roles in with marcus you working out at home what do you what are you up to over there stay in shape yeah, I can roll with Marcus. So like, I'm super lucky in that regard because he's like a black belt too. And he's not that much bigger than me. Um, and he's a really technical game and I can learn a lot from him and we can roll like quite a lot. But the only thing is, it's like when you're in a relationship with someone and trying to roll all the time, it's just, I don't know, <laughs> it can be quite intense. Um, but like, it's either really playful and like just messing around where you're not really getting probably much productive done or like it gets heated right like we just can't flow roll or do anything like <laughs> very well together but um no it is really fun but other than that we, we went we went for a run no a few runs um i really don't like that it's not a fun sport i mean like i'm sure it is for some people but um i'm not a fan i'm actually not a fan of any exercise that isn't jiu-jitsu apparently um i'll do it because i'm like you know when we go back training i'll be happy but uh, nothing else is really that fun except for like yoga. I like yoga, but that's not really, um, you know, going to work my cardio super hard. I don't think. But uh, so I basically like savasana, um, jiu-jitsu, and that's my activity. Yeah, I absolutely share that sentiment. I've I can't work out. I hate it so much, and so I, I'm just getting slowly out of shape as this quarantine goes on. <laughs> um, I'm like trying to exercise, and I'm still getting out of shape. I don't understand. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu is very hard work, I didn't realize. What is the uh, the current status there in Ireland? Do you guys have an idea of when things might be opening back up? Um, So they're saying that on May 18th, there'll be some easing of the restrictions. Very exciting. Um, again, two weeks pushed back. Yeah, they love that trick. <laughs> <laughs> but they're saying that open certain businesses like gardening centers for the gardeners. Um, hardware stores and like small businesses are kind of opening like little coffee shops and things they're like doing takeaway um and then i don't know if i'm wrong about this but i heard something i don't know if this is just like a dream i had but they said maybe like like sports back in august oh and the, i think they're gonna allow back non-contact sports you know like um, on may 18th or in august for the non-contact sports oh i think may 18th Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I might be wrong. Irish people, let me know. Um, but apparently, August contact sports can come back now. They probably mean rugby because they love rugby here. Um, but I'm taking that as jiu-jitsu because rugby is like jiu-jitsu, but they run around with a ball. Yeah. And then there's little bits of jiu-jitsu in the middle of it. So yeah, fair enough. Same if they thing. can do rugby, you should be able to do jiu-jitsu. Uh, yeah. So I'd like to uh, talk to you a little bit about your you know your origin how did you uh you came from judo originally right isn't that you did judo yeah. for a while yeah i did judo for about 10 years there's like a little break period but basically 10 years what belt i'm like did you eight years old black yeah so you were a black belt in judo before you even started jiu-jitsu yeah how, how so i had uh, to start competing as a blue how 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 serious did you get with your judo were you competitive with judo or like how serious did you take it? Um, it's weird because, 
like to me it wasn't like a high level but when i look back and i kind of look at the level of certain um sports and like how they take them like it was definitely very not high level like i was terrible but i mean like the the level of training i would do was was very intense um it was like every night of the week pretty much five days five nights a week and then on the weekend you'd compete like pretty much most weekends um i got the welsh team and i won the british open <laughs> as a junior um which like you know that you you just fight your level there's no like belts there are belt levels but it's it's you're pretty much all together like age group and things so it's it's um so i, I wasn't like high level or anything but like just doing that amount of uh contact sport and like grappling like sport was like a huge help then going into jiu-jitsu um but like i still struggled to throw anyone but i'm good at not being thrown so that's what came from that you say you weren't you weren't high level but you're obviously very dedicated did you at the time did you have dreams of the olympics did you have serious goals or were you just just really passionate about the the hobby that you did um it was weird because like i've always done i'd always done judo so I got into it at eight because my parents had to learn it for, um, they work in mental health and they had to learn self-defense. I don't know why they thought throwing mentally ill people on the floor was wise as the defense, <laughs> but I mean, like, whatever, cool. <laughs> Someone needs to reassess that. But yeah, like they got me into it. I think it was originally for my brother. Um, so he got on the mat and then I just was like dying to do it because I wanted to do everything that my brother does. Um, and, and rugby and things like that. I just copy him and try and ruin everything that he loved. Um, <laughs> but then I ended up getting really into judo. So then he quit and then mm. he got into rugby and then I got kicked out of rugby for having breasts essentially. And, <laughs> and, um, yeah, then I just got really hard into it. So you, uh, you got your black belt in, in judo. How do you, how do you make the transition to jujitsu? Um, so the, one of the people in my school, he was in my brother's year in school called Brett Johns. He's actually in the UFC now. Um, he also did judo and he was in my school and in my brother's year and everything. And I saw that he was doing his cage fighting. And it's kind of like a term for um, a person from where I'm from is Swansea in Wales. <laughs> you can ask her all about that. Um, and it's like a term they'd go around like a Swansea cage fighter. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh my God, he's one of those Swansea cage fighters. And but he like won this belt <laughs> in cage, which is cage wise. <laughs> yeah, you, but you'd call someone who's like a bit of a jippo, like a, a Swansea cage fighter, Doreen, like, or a cage fighter. Doreen, uh, like, Swansea and I, actually fighter. his nickname is Peggy. <laughs> I, really <laughs> and his, yeah <laughs> which is that okay to say i don't know well it's on here now I, i'm sure worse things have been said of the people you've had on here yeah, yeah we had orlando okay. sanchez on here don't worry you're safe <laughs> yeah. orlando orlando sanchez got, pg then yeah big o, big o got us demonetized on twitter a couple weeks ago so yeah you, you'll be all right okay uh so <laughs> anyways keep, keep going i'm, I'm curious about hear, this yeah. swansea cage fighter, swansea cage fighter oh, Pikes is getting so good. he was no doing stop. that and I remember being on holiday with my parents when like, we were younger and it came up on screen, like cage fighting. I was like, which is the UFC, I didn't realize. And we were like, oh, how rough, disgusting, and like turned away. Um, and now my mother actually watches Joe Rogan and loves it, so it's quite ironic. Um, but yeah, I saw he had won this belt and it was the Cage Warriors belt. And I was like, wow, and he did judo. And then I heard about Ronda Rousey as well, and also a judo background. So it just made sense that after quitting judo, I was like, well, I wanted to do something that was similar, 
I didn't want to go back into that scene because I don't know, like I, I didn't, I was really, really shy when I was young, like to a point where not like just like a bit shy, but like I couldn't speak. Like I could, if you asked me a question, I could, it would be hard to say yes or no, which you wouldn't believe now. Um, but yeah, like I couldn't, it was weird. I just couldn't speak. So like, I didn't really have super close friends there. Um, there were people who were nice to me, but like, like it's hard to make a close bond when one of us isn't responding. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like, so I, I didn't really want to go back to that where I kind of felt like I was like, yeah, I don't know, like just when you just feel like you're a nerdy child and you don't want to go back to feeling like that anymore. Um, so yeah, I was like, I'm going to get into that. I'm going to cage fire and it's going to be really cool. And I'd wanted to do boxing when I was younger, but they didn't let girls join because I don't know why women not fans of women at the time they still don't actually like girls in i did ask before um really but even yeah now. so <laughs> even now yeah I, I hope they've changed uh, this part uh mma like around that time i think i asked to go for a training session there and they were like uh, girls don't go here um so i don't know who's just that gym i'm assuming it was but yeah so i started that and the coach there chris was like well, if you want to do MMA, you have to do jiu-jitsu. And I was like, well, groundwork. And I hated Niwaza in judo. Absolutely hated it. And the number one way I would lose was getting um, juji rolled. So I'd turtle up. Like, they'd try and throw me. I'd turtle, and then they'd do a juji roll armbar, <laughs> which is so funny now. <laughs> and I just, like, we didn't – I never, like, addressed it. And we didn't really have the – no one was kind of like, oh, let's, you know, maybe learn some groundwork. And like, still was like almost like that snobbiness towards jujitsu um, in some way, like for some of the coaches. But like the main coach is actually, um, he's actually a jujitsu black belt. And he was like, come to this gym and where we do uh, Niwaza, basically. It's I didn't know it was jujitsu at the time properly. And I just never went, which is so stupid. I was happy to do stand up which wasn't like a huge issue. Like obviously it could definitely get way better, but the groundwork was the main issue and I just didn't go. Like none of us did. And it was like, if I'd started then, who knows? Like, could it be really good by now? <laughs> well, I think you made up for last time, but uh, let's talk a little bit about MMA. So how long did you pursue that or did you just start training jujitsu and realize like this was your calling? Um, I did MMA for like the first two years i think um i like went full-time really or like not full-time but as close to full-time as possible so like i was in college and i left college and then i went back um to do like another course i didn't really know what i wanted to do and then i was working in a pub in the evenings to make money and there's like hardly any time to train and then college was on one day at the same time as jiu-jitsu and like all the MMA training and like they would train all day and I wanted to train with all them because that was cool. And I was like, well, I'll just stop going to college. Like it doesn't make sense. Like I don't actually want to go. Um, so I'll just stop going, <laughs> which I don't recommend to anyone. Um, but I just kind of stopped going. I didn't tell my parents for, for a while. Um, and I'd work in the pub to make money and then I would do jujitsu and MMA and I, had a few fights. I had three amateur MMA fights and I went pro, which is, I don't know why. Who <laughs> thought that was a good idea? I think there's just very few girls at the time, especially in the UK. So I went pro, which if I ever want to go back, 
this is going to be a nightmare. So we'll have to fight pro. I mean, what, what ha- did you? Well, have I mean, a- I would probably have to anyway. But- did you have a pro match, or did you? Um, I mean, what I happened did. next? I did indeed, and that did not I, go I well. Had a pro or- match. No, I won. I won all my fights. Okay, well, you How- made it sound like that was a mistake. You you, <laughs> you won the match. That's good. <laughs> no, but like, um, I don't. I can't strike. Um, I don't. I think I landed one punch, and there's a photo of it. Um, and I'm very That's proud. Counts. That's <laughs> <laughs> like oh, close my eyes and just punch out. Um, but yeah, like somehow, even with blue belt level jujitsu, I would take them down and just Americana them. So, yeah. Okay, so then you, you had a, you had how many pro fights did you have, and then um, when did you transition into primarily grappling? I only had one pro fight, and that's when like I had to I moved to Cardiff, so like I moved from the gym I was in Swansea with because my boyfriend was moved at the time was moving to Cardiff, and I moved with him, and then there was like hardly any MMA in Cardiff, so I was enjoying jiu-jitsu more anyway. Um, and I was kind of like, I can revisit MMA when I have better jiu-jitsu and when I'm better all around, because I just, I still, I was really aware that I wasn't very good, but I just hadn't been caught out yet. You know, I, I kind of got lucky with the matches I was having or the fights, matches, the fights I was having, I can call those fights. Um, uh, the fights I was having, I kind of knew that like from seeing other girls like in Europe or like the U S and stuff in the UFC, I was like, what if I just get somehow get pushed to far forward too fast um so i was like i need to like get better first and i was really loving jiu-jitsu and then i heard there was like nogi worlds was coming up and i this is how little i knew about like jiu-jitsu scene was like i didn't know about the gi worlds like i didn't know that was a thing i'd went to europeans and i was like that's cool you know um (laughs) that was fun nice trip um i didn't like know it was a big deal really um and then I went to Nogi Worlds. I was like, I can go to go. I, I want to go to Worlds, but there's only the Nogi one left this year, so I'll go to that. And when I won that, I was like, I want to go. I love jujitsu. This is what I want to do. I want to. That's what I want to do. I don't want to do MMA anymore. I don't like getting punched anyway. I actually only like. I like a sport where I could punch them, but they can't hit me back. That would be ideal scenario. Um, <laughs> Didn't you post uh, recently that? Uh... Used to GoFundMe to get to that uh, Nogi Worlds, correct? I did. I I I'm not proud of that, but I did. <laughs> you said Gary Gary Tonin hooked you up with a share, and it, it gave you a little boost, right? Yeah, it's actually such a funny story, and it's like so funny how small you did see, not how small it is, but like how you just cross paths with people so early on. And like I was like a huge Gary Tonin fan, you know, still am, obviously, but like I. I met him, he, Johnny Grippo did a seminar in the gym in Cardiff and I was at work that night and I was so devastated and I was like, I knew enough to know that he was cool and really good at jiu-jitsu, but like, that was it. And I knew, but I knew like Gary Tonin and all them and I was like, oh wow, they're so sick. And then, and I was really into Nogi, especially at this point as well, where I was like, I did both, but I like still kind of preferred Nogi because it was just different to judo. And I, I, finished work and then I was like messaging some of the guys who were there and they were like they're still here they're rolling like run over and and maybe you'll get a roll in and I was like okay I'm gonna gonna run to the gym which is very far away (laughs) actually and I like ran um over to the gym straight from work and they were still there and Gary rolled with me out of pity which is really nice and it's probably really smelly and like rained on 
Um, but he rolled with me. And then uh, not long after that, and he, they were so lovely. Like everyone who was there was really nice. Um, I think it was like Gary, Gianni, was Aaron? Oh no, I think they'd gone. I think Gianni had actually gone, but like Gary was still there. And um, Eddie, Eddie was there, I think. I think that's what I was there. Uh, yeah, and I rolled with Gary anyway. And I, I'm trying to remember, sorry, I'm trying to remember the story. And after that, anyway, he was really lovely. And then not that long afterwards, I like put up a thing about like going to Nogi Worlds. And then he ended up like sharing it. And then I got like people to donate more. And I really didn't want to set it up because I was kind of cringing. I was like, oh, I don't want to like beg people for money. But then like my friends are like, people who don't want to give you money just won't give you money. Like you're not mugging them. Do you mean like people who want to help will offer to help. And so I like I shared it. And then like loads of my friends uh, donated, which I'm super grateful for. And that's how I ended up getting to that trip because flying out to California from Wales is very expensive. Um, and obviously I didn't have like sponsors and things who could pay for that at the time so yeah it's huge help and just weird how you come across people so early on but, yeah. lovely guy oh, gary yeah. tonin what a thanks what a gary gentleman. yeah uh, <laughs> except for the murdering with corona <laughs> <laughs> not really i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so something i'd be interested uh in is you're from wales but then you ended up in dublin training full-time how did you end up making that transition um okay so that my boy my ex-boyfriend he started up a gym in cardiff but he had a falling out with the first gym we were at so he wasn't really under anyone and then dara did a seminar in cardiff where like we were living at the time it was like the capital of wales you know the very unknown wales is a country just so you know um it's not england for anyone wondering. I just want to make that clear because people think it's the same, um, but it's not. And that is deeply offensive to say. <laughs> but anyway, so Dara came and did a seminar. I wasn't there. I was probably working or um, I don't know. Maybe I was in Swansea. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, Bryn, he met Dara there. So Bryn is my ex. And he met Dara there. And like he started going out there to train because there was lots of really good guys and he fought against a few of Dara's competitors. So he would go out there for training and then I started going out there for training too. And that's how we got like close with Dara. And then Bryn ended up becoming an affiliate under Dara. And then when me and Bryn broke up, I moved out to Ireland and it was just going to be temporary, just kind of like, you know, just give each other space after a breakup because like he was running the gym and I would be at the gym all day, every day. So it was kind of like, you know, like kind of awkward situation. So I thought I'd like, oh, I'll go out and do some training in Ireland. Um, I had some money off the World Pro. So I got silver. So I won like a good chunk of money. And I was like, when I was out there and I was loving the training and I had such a great summer. And I was like, I'm just going to stay out here and just really go for it where I'm not going to work. I'm not going to go back to working um, I was working on the doors, like um, security in nightclubs at the time. So I decided I didn't want to go back to that because it's so depressing. <laughs> like just drunk people are gross. Um, and I just didn't want to work in that environment anymore. And I was like, I'm going to make a real go of this. And it was gonna, I knew that I was going to be coming into my uh, black belt uh, like quite soon because I'd won Wills as a brown belt. So I knew that that was going to come around and I just... I felt like Ireland was the best environment for me and 
I like I really value having a good coach and like it's really hard to be coached by your boyfriend you mean like and where it's in judo I always had such memorable coaches and I remember having like Neil Adams as my coach and like that was such a good time and I was really like doing well and like in jiu-jitsu you don't really have that so much like you'll have like a competitor who's just kind of coaching to make money <laughs> like a lot of the time and I don't fault that like that's just how it is um, and like I guess you could put Dara in that box but he really goes above and beyond for people and um, just like how much he helped me like when I moved out there like he let me stay in the spare room and then when he couldn't like accommodate me because he has a lot of people over to come and help training um, I went and stayed in his mother's spare room um so like really helped me out and like for free of charge so that I could get on my feet and start to make money like from seminars and things and afford my own place and yeah like he really he would he'd really coach if that makes sense and not just show techniques and that really attracted me to the environment and there's so many people who are doing the same thing as me like I've been surrounded by people who like were amazing friends but I mean like weren't going to the tournaments I go to world's and I'm going to the wheels like twice as a purple belt and it was like on my own. One was just a friend who just happened to be going there too. And then like I went and Dara was there, but like I wasn't like part of the team really at the time, but he like coached and stuff. So he'd always be at major events coaching me, but I just wasn't at his gym getting coached, if that makes sense. Absolutely. That was a long talk. Oh, uh, <laughs> so how far away are we talking here? Because I'm geographically ignorant when it comes to Ireland and Wales. It could be a 45-minute drive from Cardiff to Dublin for all I know. How, how far away did you move when you made this this move? It's just under an hour flight. So it's not like a big move okay. or anything. Um, but I, I'd never lived that far away. I've never lived that way, uh, far away from my family. So it feels kind of like crazy. Like as I, I was in Cardiff, which is only an hour from Swansea where I'm from. So, like, you could just get a train, like, and it was no big deal. And I guess I could just get a plane and be there in, like, an hour. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's kind of weird not living near them. But is it's the very similar as well. Yeah, is the, is the culture uh, – I mean, just me as an American, it seems like the culture would be similar. Is the, is the culture pretty similar there? It's exactly the same. In the, um, <laughs> and I felt like it was okay because, like, we're both Celtic countries. So there is a bond. <laughs> So uh, there, there is uh, association and specifically like the the headquarters is as you mentioned loaded with really dedicated competitors. How was that transition for you? I'm sure it's inspiring, and, and your technique must have uh, improved as well. But just mentally, what was it like to enter a room like that and be like, okay, like now I'm on the same page with these people? I I've never felt so confident. Like every day I get beaten up, but that really gives me so much confidence and. Not that I wasn't getting beaten up, but like when I was uh, in Cardiff or like just in Wales in general, I just remember like a lot of my training partners would be just these giant men and like I I wasn't like, and no one was going to the tournaments too. I think that's such a huge part of it. Whereas like to be surrounded by people who all have the same goal, they're not just doing it for fun. Like, I mean, they are doing it for fun, but they, they also come to worlds with me and like they'll be in the crowd and that's such a push. And I used to be so scared of having that. Whereas now I like really thrive off having them there which is such a strange turnaround and like when you're training them every day just being in that motivating environment where like like I don't know like no one gets treated like as a superstar or anything like that everyone's just like pushing for the same goal and um yeah it's just so motivating I remember that when I moved there that summer particularly and like when I was like having a you know it's like go through a breakup so it's like kind of like a hard time like I was 
like not super dark like it was kind of mutual so it wasn't it was just the end you know like it was just had to end it was like one of those situations and like, like that summer was so I could just I went to every training session I remember just going to every single one and then Dara was like you know you don't have to go to every training session and I was like but like there's so much training whereas when I was at home they sometimes they just wouldn't be training in the day because no one was around everyone's at work which is like like you wouldn't get people who were able to train in the day so I sometimes I just couldn't train in the day I just go do weights instead which I was like well this isn't helping my jiu-jitsu like in, in my mind like I knew that it wasn't my I physically wasn't struggling I knew I was strong and physical and fit um, I knew that my technique was majorly lacking to compete with the people I wanted to compete with and then to be in an environment where everyone's doing these fancy pretty guards and I was like I can never have a fancy pretty guard and now I'm like working towards having a decent guard <laughs> um, and like trying to do bear and bowl I was like I can't do bolos like I'll never be able to do that whereas now I, I can do one kind of I have done one in a competition so there we go who did you do it to when, when, <laughs> when, did, you, when did you do your one bear and bolo in competition um oh I'm trying to think it's like one of the IBGF opens ah nice I nice. think I did it well uh, um was it the Dublin Open? I think I did it in the Dublin Open. I don't know her name. That's but, awesome. Um, Doing that at home for the yeah, hometown crowd. Speaking of uh, Ireland, what's uh, what is jujitsu like in Ireland? What's the what's the scene like there? Um, it's it's there's a lot of jujitsu. I was super shocked. Um, I was so ignorant because <laughs> I thought there was like SBG and East Coast, like those are the two gyms, like Conor McGregor and then Dara. <laughs> um, and I hope they never watch this and hear me say that. But um, there's tons of gyms, which is really surprising. And yeah, it's really cool. And I think because of MMA and Connor and things like that, it really popularized it um, and maybe scared some people off, <laughs> but may- mainly uh, popularized it. So that's really cool to see so much there. And it's not that much bigger than Wales, really. I mean, actually, it's actually a lot bigger than Wales, but it's not that much bigger. So that's really cool. Uh, so, Kyle, if you could pull up... Uh... Sort of similar to uh, Hanato's question relates to your early days in jiu-jitsu. If you could pull up the Hanato Canuto question uh, from yesterday for, for Fion. The scene, and I know that Raquel knows her. She talks about how they would always be on, like, blue, purple, brown belt tournaments, like, coming up. They would always get, like, second, third. So they're always getting really close and doing good, but not, not quite winning. So... What was the turning point on her career? Like when she feel like when she felt like things changed. What changed on her head, and then what changed the results? Like if she, if something happened, or it was just time. So he yeah, he he set that up That's by true. saying that that you and uh, Raquel uh, came up with each other. Uh, so yeah, what's what's your answer to that? How how did you end up turning the corner? That is so cool. Yeah, actually, that's what the situation would be when we would chat. Sorry to skew the question. I will answer it. <laughs> but, um, like, she, we'd be in different divisions, but, like, at the same belt. And she would, like, just miss.
I do is it's such a strange thing and I really struggle with finals as you probably realize um <laughs> like when it comes to like like the come down time like it's time to really perform I just be like I'm no I can't like suddenly performance just goes out the window it's so strange um it happens less so now I really don't feel like that happens so much so much but uh yeah I think for me what really changed was when I moved to Ireland it was the situation where I had like this money from World Pro and okay this is my chance now I can I'm live in Ireland and I don't have to pay rent because Dara is helping me out here so I've got a good few months to actually just try it and like I got my black belt um I think like November after that summer after Brown Belt Worlds and then it was like okay Nogi Worlds is coming up and I kind of needed to book a seminar every month to have enough spending money and I was charging like 500 pounds for a seminar at the time and like you know I was like I can't charge more than that or anything um so it was like okay if I get a seminar this month that's my food and I can still live in Ireland because I won't have to go home and be like actually I have no money for food now and this is a bit awkward (laughs) um I didn't want to ask my parents for help because they 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 like don't like it's not like my, my parents originally just give me money it's like not that situation but I knew that my dad would just be like he'd help me even if he was in a position where he, he shouldn't be helping me you know like I knew he would help and I just didn't want to be in that situation where I'd have to ask for help so I was like okay I'm gonna I have to book one every month so I need to win everything <laughs> because no one wants to get a seminar with me if I'm not winning and not only that I have to win and be exciting or like at least just be really exciting that people are interested and want to watch um so like I'd always like try and go for submission it was like it was that really that point where it was like I have to perform like there's nothing to fall back on unless I want to go work in nightclubs again or I want to work in a pub and again I'm not hating on those jobs I'm just saying like that is not for me and I knew that that's where I was gonna have to go back to I'm gonna have to go back to Wales (laughs) where I couldn't really train anywhere anymore because of a breakup and then I'd have to work in a nightclub live with my parents again I just didn't want to go into that scenario so it was very much make or break and I think that pressure was like I either if I'm gonna let that pressure is like a lot but if I crumble under that pressure I'll always crumble under it and it'll just be a problem for like the rest of my career so it was kind of like well I just have to learn to enjoy it like I have to like when people are uh, when there's a lot of pressure on me and things I just have to learn that that's fun and actually enjoy when people watch rather than being like oh I don't want anyone to watch my matches you just have to be like no, I love that. And like, just switch my mentality, even if it wasn't necessarily true. I hope that actually answered the question, but yeah. No, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense that uh, you just had to embrace the challenge in front of you. What belt are you talking about there that you made that transition at? Black belt. Yeah. Okay, that wasn't until black I, belt. All right. No. <laughs> I really felt like I, yeah. You, it was you, like black belt was like, sorry. No, yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, because you had a... Uh, a, a sort of a different uh, early on, like at brown belt, you fought the best girls in the world a lot. Like you fought Bia Mosquita as a brown belt at ADCC, and then obviously it's, girls in the AJP UAE stuff fight brown black mix. You used to fight. I, mean, I think the first time I I saw you, you were fighting Bianca Basilio in the World Pro. Uh, that was yeah. pretty early when you you were a brown belt then too, right? And you had a tough match with her. So so yeah, so. From a really early point, you were fighting the best black belts in the world, so that had been pretty crazy. Yeah, it was like, it got to a point where I'd fought them. I remember fighting Talita at EBI, and I was doing so well. I, I, like, I mean, 
we didn't mean but like i was like passing a guard and i was getting to mount i was taking her back and i was just like just not getting the submission and then like literally it was 30 seconds left in the match and like i fell off her back landed in guard which i couldn't play at the time which is funny um and she immediately passed and choked me i like i turtled i don't know why and she just choked me straight away and it was literally 30 seconds left till overtime and i was so devastated i was like why did i just freeze in that moment and like i remember getting really frustrated because i couldn't finish and i was panicking because i was like if you go to overtime i'll lose and then there were so many instances that were like similar to that where i fight i'd fight those girls who i really looked up to who i still really look up to and it would just freak me out so much and i was like i'd be doing well and i'd be like i'm not supposed to be doing well yet like i'm I'm crap, you know, like I'd really like be like, I'm not meant to do well against these people. These people are famous. They've been training since they were five, you know, like, um, and then it just got to a point where like, I get so close. Like I remember getting two silvers at Worlds as a pill belt, losing in the exact same way. And then like when I won brown belt, uh, Worlds, it was like a Mal couldn't go that year and she was in my division and I'd lost her in the Europeans. And I was like, it doesn't feel like I deserve this now because she was the best girl and she wasn't there. And I was like, I wouldn't have won if she was there. I just tell myself that, you know, like it's for some reason, like, I don't know, it was weird. Um, and maybe even true, but like, I shouldn't have been thinking that way, but it was weird. I just, I just, I just got sick of it. I was sick of feeling shit about myself. <laughs> Sorry for swearing. Um, but like, I just got so sick of it of like, kind of being a self-fulfilling prophecy where I was like, I believe so much that I didn't deserve to win that I was kind of making it come true. And then I was getting to a point where I'm just sick of losing and for it to be something that I like, I think was very much a mental problem at the, at the time. And obviously there's a lot of technique uh, issues as well. Like I still have loads of catch up to do in regards to technique. Um, like I am aware I have a lot of big holes in my game. But at the same time, I knew I could actually beat those people at the time. Maybe not, you know, super convincingly, but like I could. But for some reason, something was like holding me back and I just got sick of it. Like, I don't know how to explain it. What, what, uh, was there a spe uh, specific victory that stands out as the time where you're like, all right, like it's working now. Now, now I'm getting it. I think. I think when I won Nogi Worlds, and I know that's only the first, um, like, instance of, like, or, like, yeah, I think Nogi Worlds, because the black belt I remember time? seeing, like, yeah, yeah, you like, beat a, you beat was, Amanda. like, the second, yeah, and, yeah. like, I knew how good she was, like, I was, like, and I fought her, and, like, I feel she was amazing, but I was, like, well, I just believed I could beat her, and, like, when I won that, I was, like, there's no reason why I can't win the other tournaments now, you know, like, there was no... Like, no, that wasn't a fluke. Like, I won. And yeah. I did well. The, and, like, it's okay reigning, to be like that. She was the reigning world champion, and you beat her pretty convincingly, from what I remember. I think you might have got to the mount in that match. Yeah, I remember you passed the yeah. guard, right? I got to mount, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just here then. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I passed, and I got to mount, and, and then I sat there <laughs> in terror, um, not quite believing it. And then, like, I'm very confident in um, retaining mount. Like, I... I know if I get there, like, it's very unlikely I'll lose position. Touch wood. <laughs> Just, <laughs> but um, I was, like, really confident from there. So I was like, oh, my God, I think I've won. Like, but I'm not sure. Um, and then in my head, I was like, you don't get stolen calls from out. Which I, I, I know that's really boring. But also, 
let's be fair, it was my first like major at a black belt. So <laughs> it's like you don't get stolen goals from out. It's interesting hearing that from you because I remember when that match, I wasn't surprised at all that you won that match because I had seen you with, with Basilio the year before and I knew that, yeah, it wasn't so interesting that you were surprised that you passed your guard and stuff. Uh, oh, so, yeah. Was, <laughs> fluke. <laughs> <laughs> so I pulled some matches uh, to watch uh, with you today. Before you pull this first one up, Kyle, I want to hear you talk about uh, last year you went and you did the Brasileiro. Uh, what was the – not many, you know, Europeans go down there and do that, uh, you know, Brazilian nationals. What what led you to go down there, and, and what did you like about the experience? I um, I wanted – you know, like I'm a big Rocky fan, <laughs> and uh, I wanted, like, Rocky full experience, you know. It's not Russia, though, but, uh, you know, as, like, gringo – in Brazil, <laughs> and I'm it. very uncool. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get the Rocky Four experience down there? No. <laughs> well, it was like, every, like the crowd was so amazing. I love, I loved it. Like that was actually probably my favorite tournament. Am I going to say that? Yes, for the vibe. It's like no, no. Yes, it is. Because it was so sick. The vibe was so cool. And it was like, everyone was like crowding around. And for like all the finals, they all crowded around. And like, they were like, oh, everyone just screaming. And then it was like my match and people were just kind of like. like, it's cool. Like, I get it. Like, like, where'd you guys go? Come back. <laughs> they were kind of like, we don't really care, but it's pale and like moving on. And then like Mayor Garley came on and they're like, yeah. And like, yeah. I don't, I don't blame them. And then the match is also like me just like stuck on her back for a while, just kind of like, well, like trying to submit. Did I submit? I can't remember. Yeah, you but, submit. Um, We're going to play it in, in a minute. Uh, oh. you, it's a pretty quick clip. Uh, you submitted Anna Carolina Schmidt, who went on to win Worlds that year. Uh, she beat Bianca Basile yes. in the World Final. But, uh, yeah, this way heart breaks. <laughs> okay. When, uh, when you see this clip, it looks empty because where they made me shoot from, all the fans are behind me. So there was a roaring crowd behind me. You see the empty other half. Go ahead and cue this thing up, Kyle. This is your final from the Brasileiro. Want to go ahead and talk My us through this, feet. Dion? Um, I am passing. Am I? Oh, I'm trying to stack. Yeah, stack it. Go on. I have um, really bad braids uh, <laughs> because I don't have much hair. And the girl is probably used to Brazilian hair and was like, where is your hair, white girl? Um, and then, oh, I'm going to the back. Yes, climb on. Yes. I'm wearing a giant gi because they kept sending me back to get a new gi because it was too small. But I think they just wanted me to buy gis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're like, can you buy a gi? And I was like, no, I'm sponsored. <laughs> and they just had to get getting new ones every time. Um, oh, and I'm flattening her out. Oh, I like doing this a lot. It's like my favorite is flattening people out like that. I don't know why. Um, there you go. And then, you got it. Yay. Woo. Well done, Fionn. Good job. Yes. Rethink that hair next time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so if you want some online commentary of your matches, that's what to expect. <laughs> how, did you, how did it end up feel going down there and winning uh, Brazilian Nationals? Not many, uh, not many gringos go down there and do that. How'd that feel? Oh, it was really cool. I loved it. Like, I loved um, Brazil. And then, like, not long after that, I went to Mario Hayes' gym. I hope I'm saying that right. And um, that was such a sick experience. And I saw you there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ran into each other at Mario Hayes'. Yeah, I saw her and Marcus down there at yeah. Mario's. Okay. I was stalking you. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I showed up and I was like, what the hell is Fion doing here? I was going there to see Nicholas. Yeah, yeah, very confused. So, so random. Uh, how do you guys, yeah, how do you guys end up training at Mario's? Because that's sort of out of the way in Brazil. It's down in uh, Porto Alegre, which is not a place many uh, foreigners go to when they visit. How do you guys end up going to Mario's and training there? So Marcus had been there before. Um, he went there before with a friend and they were like, they went like to a few places in Brazil when they went and he was like, that was the best place. Like, that was the sickest place. I'm going to go there before worlds. And he was like, yeah, come with me. It'd be so cool. So like I went with him then and it was indeed so cool. And, interesting. Yeah. Uh, such a, tough training. Interesting atmosphere though, right? The energy there is incredible. It's a, it's a different place. It's a special place. Yeah. It? Mario is so cool. And like he would say like a speech, I know you, you probably saw this anyway, but like he'd do the speech at the start and I was like, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm very motivated. <laughs> I'm sure if I could speak Portuguese, I'd be extremely motivated right now. Um, and I'd be like, ooh, and it would go on for like an, like half hour. And I was yeah. like, yeah, cool. Like I kind of get it, but I don't. <laughs> um, was the, and then uh... like, I just love the training. I was Sorry. just going to ask, what was the training like? I mean, how did how the class structure differ from what you were doing in Ireland? And, you know, what was that experience like? First time I was there, you know, uh, I was, first time I was there, I was they were playing R&B music while they were sparring, and Mario had his little tea thing, and he's, like, dancing in the in the corner while everybody's sparring. It's, it's an interesting place, right? <laughs> yeah, like, he, he likes certain songs, and they get played in a loop which i enjoy because <laughs> yeah. then i start to sing them and then like when we go back to the apartment that we were like um staying in we would just be like washing our geese and this really bad washing machine that would destroy our geese um, and shrink them and like they were really rough when we put them on i just be like singing the song like <laughs> like just be like imprinted in my memory and i just remember being so tired just so tired <laughs> because like we it's like almost like we go hard, obviously, here, like, in the gym and stuff. But, like, there's, like, he's, like, screaming at you. Like, he's so intense. And then, like, I don't know what he's saying. And I'm, like, okay, like, let's go hard. Um, <laughs> like, I'm assuming you're saying to go. And he was, like, you're very angry. And I was, like, I'm angry. And he was, like, no, good angry. I was, like, I don't know if that's good. Um, I don't think there's – maybe the translation is different. I was, like, I'm not angry. I'm just trying. I don't know. Um, but then he, like – he just say like look in my eyes and you just say something really motivating like you're gonna win worlds this year which wasn't true but i mean he had great intentions and i was like yeah you're right i'm gonna win worlds and i was like okay i agree cool and like i was like yeah i'm sick and i kind of get how um definitely get how mariali is like so pumped and stuff yeah i yeah i love that place man it's a really interesting place you just walk through the door and you're like man this is a different than every jiu-jitsu academy i've ever been to in my life just, just yeah the atmosphere. uh so another match that we pulled up we talked about this last time you're on but we didn't play the video uh obviously this is going to be a really big moment for you in your career this is uh when you finally got via mosquito the arm lock from adcc if you want to cue this thing up kyle so what i, I interviewed you before this match Explain what you were telling me going into it about how you felt that you had been making up ground and you were you were ready for it at this point. I um I just been thinking about it for so long and like literally two years before this, uh, she armbarred me from close guard, classic beer, and uh, I'm I was so I had such like not high expectations but like high hopes and like I felt like I prefer, I prepared hard um, for that ADCC as like as hard as I could in the environment like I was in. 
whereas like this time I, I like I'd fought more of the high level girls um I'd been working on like I felt really confident from clothes guard weirdly because at world pro she swept me from there but like I was I knew from like fighting her at world pro like only a few months ago and it was in the gi I could feel that like the level gap wasn't that small anymore and I could feel that like big improvement so I just I knew I could do it. I don't know I just had like this like gut feeling that like I could win and like I just had to like keep a clear head like the whole way through and not let like that emotional thing of like she's the best female grappler in the world <laughs> um like get to me so um and just like take it by like look like step by step it's like I think I can not outsmart her but like I feel like I felt like I was I don't know I just felt like it was gonna happen because I, I don't know I just been thinking about it for like two years and I just felt like I just had a gut feeling I know it sounds stupid but um I don't know I felt like there's a lot of people kind of like oh you got B a second round and they were kind of like I'm really sorry for your loss <laughs> like before it had even happened <laughs> and like that also was really motivating because I was like yeah, I know you think I'm gonna die and like get because she doesn't just beat you; she like traumatizes you. When um, <laughs> she beats you, she like really beats you, you know. Um, and I was like, yeah, I know, like, I could get it, like I know who it is, but like I kind of think I can win, even though I'm not sure anyone else really does, um, except for like Marcus and Dara, like who'd like told me like, like you can. And I was like, well, us three are the only three people who need to believe that, and no one else did. Um, but yeah, that was enough. <laughs> Do you have a specific and, oh, game plan? Close guard, as usual. Do you have a specific game plan going in? Um, I my game plan was to not wait until the next five minutes. Um, I know that's stupid. Oh, there's me against my. Um, I know. I just like, she goes for the submission. Like right now, look, she's like she's trying to kill me. Like she's not waiting for five minutes. She's trying to kill me all the way through. And like that's how I felt like I had to fight her. It's like. You can't. I didn't want to. I didn't. I didn't want to win in a way that was tactical either, where I like get a scabby two or something and then go like that. Like I wanted to submit her, and I knew I I could if that makes sense. So um, just trying to stay patient rather than trying to rush past the guard. Um, and I knew that I can close guard, not to rush standing because the first time I fought her in ADCC two years before, I'd really rush standing up because I panicked. So I was like, I'm in her best place right now, and I'm freaking out. So I, I kept rushing to stand, and that's how she got the armbar. Whereas like I'm a lot more patient here. Good, stay patient. Look, calm down. Yeah. That's... Did you anticipate ending up <laughs> in her closed guard? You know, be it be as a, a killer from that position. Did you assume that was gonna happen? At some yeah. Point? Yeah, I, I assumed like I'd probably end up there. Like, ooh, get off my arm. Um, I assumed I'd probably end up there, but to stay patient in it again, like not rush my way out. Like I knew it'd probably be quite hard to stop her getting to that position at some point, especially if we're gonna be in, like a pass. Um if she was on her back and I was like in a passing scenario. Um, so I was pretty sure she'd probably get there, but not to freak out. I didn't expect her to get there like so quickly. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's a flashback. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just tried to push those thoughts out of my head because uh, I'm good for spiraling in the moment for some reason. Oh. Amazing. That triangle clothes, guys. Yeah, have a Where triangle and still try and do a hip bump sweep. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I normally like think that like oh the body triangle is more like oh I'm just gonna hold you there, but like she's attacking me from that. And I'm like, <laughs> how does it feel competing against? Yeah, she's just... Obviously, someone you've competed against a few times. Uh, she she's pretty aggressive, honey. There's no getting comfortable in a match with her. It looks like right. 
Yeah, I, I really like that style. I actually saw like, I think it was three years ago today where I shared her Brasileiro's like fa uh, matches, like a highlight. And I, I, I shared that like three years ago being like, oh, Bia, like, like, you know, I love her and I love her style. And, and like, that's still so true today. Like, I love her style. And like, I want to be that, like, I want to be like that one day where I can just, everyone's terrified <laughs> because Here I'm going to come right? out and submit them. We're almost... Yay, look. <laughs> What's going through your mind right in that moment? Did you realize you had it, that I was locked up? Or, I mean, you're kind of getting um, sacked I a little knew, bit. I knew, like, logically, because, like, I've, like this happens has happened in the gym a few times. Um, like, not exactly that scenario, but I like that reverse triangle. Um, I knew, like, logically in my head that, like, I've got this. But I was trying not to let emotion get into my head. I mean, I guess I was just going, like, literally step it. This is what I do. This is what I go next to. And, like... Okay, the arm needs to go. Oh, I'm freaking out. Ooh, I'm freaking out. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, Jesus, drama queen, <laughs> calm yourself down. Um, oh, poor Dara has to take that weight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I just thinking really logically, and then that's why I have this big explosion <laughs> afterwards. So I'm like, um, I think because I I kept so calm in the moment because if I started freaking out and then I lost the position that would be a bit awkward. I'm like woo, and then she gets out I'm like oh. <laughs> it looked pretty nasty. Did you hear like any any popping or anything there in the arm lock? Yeah, um, it like went soft this way. Like how do I show my elbow? Like that way, you know, like down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's my arm. Um, and then and I was like, oh, that's like there's no give, and I was like pulling on it. And I was like, oh, like, either she's really flexible or like maybe something has gone a bit there. And then when I bent it like on this angle, like more like in a Kimura, like on the twist, I felt like literally like it sounded like a tree branch snapping. Like, I don't know like how bad her arm was or anything, but like in the moment I was like, oh my God, like that's bad. Like, I know that's bad. And how is she not tapping? Yeah, pretty sure <laughs> like, she had surgery. Pretty sure she had yeah, surgery really, on it. Geez. Is that something that yeah. you've ever, is that, I might scare you a little bit here, but we talked about Bia's pretty, pretty intense. Is that something that you've thought about? Like, all right, I broke her arm in the last one. I got to be ready because I'm going to have to fight her again and she's going to be coming for revenge next time. Have you considered that? Say that again. Sorry, you just went. Have, me you, have you ever considered about how intense the match is going to be next time, knowing that you got the, the win last time by submission when you guys meet again? I think I know what you said, but it literally did the same thing, which is really funny. Um, but yeah, like definitely, I I want to fight her a lot more times, like for as long as she like. I know she said something about maybe going to MMA, but she's going to keep competing in jiu-jitsu. She said she wants a tenth world title, so she's coming to the next worlds. Yeah, and like I would really like that world title, please. Um, but like ten would be a great number, but I would like one. <laughs> <laughs> can i have one but um no like i i i would love to fight it for years to come because even if that means potentially not winning um i i try to take less focus on just winning everything and and as much as i want to win and i want to be a world champion um like as black belt in the gi her and bianca and all those girls who who have beaten me a bunch of times are like those are the girls who I want to fight the most because they really push me to get better like I feel like every time I lose or even like even if I win like even like winning against Bia now it's like she's gonna have a target on me and that 
that's so moving because it just means that, like I need to get so much big. Do you mean like there may not even she might be better than me right now? Like it's probably likely she is, and I like but I was like close enough that I could get that win on her. And I just want to make a huge gap between me and every girl in the division, and having these close fights is what's going to push me to be able to to build that gap hopefully um but yeah like i want to fight the best people all the time and and i'd love to fight her for years and i have nothing but respect for her and bianca and all the girls in the division like i i really think that everyone's going to get their chance on the top spot and i don't know how many times i'll hopefully get there but um like 10 is if when she gets to 10 and like That'll be the goal for me too. I'd love to get to 10 someday. If, do I have that much time? I'd have to be like, I'd have to win every year until I'm 35. Maybe like a solid five would be nice. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm not, I don't know. I like, I want to be the best me. And like, that may not be reflected in how many world championships I have or ever have. Um, but that's okay because. Yeah, I just love jiu-jitsu. That's really cheesy, but there we go. <laughs> are you gonna Are you gonna stay lightweight when things kick back up? Because you were cutting a feather for a little while, uh, and then you went back up to light, and it seems like you're doing. You, I think you do better at light. What do you What do you think you're gonna do? I, well, I'm gonna do lightweight. And if my what happened was when I was doing featherweight, I started off very close to feather, where I only had to drop like a kilo. And then for some, I competed really often and then I was sweating. I had to do like water cuts because I got like, oh, I make it easy. And then it got harder and harder. And then I was like water cutting like three weeks in a row for each competition. Um, and then it, because of that, then like I'd really suffer in absolutes because they'd happened before the division. <laughs> and that's not why I'd do terrible, but like, like it, it was also kind of hard to do it. And I wanted to be, I wanted to do well in the absolute because I, I love absolute. Um, lightweight I felt like it actually I felt like myself fighting for the first time and I was like why did I waste all that time cutting weight and I just convinced myself I wasn't good enough to fight at my natural weight during like a strength advantage and I was like I am not as strong as the featherweight women <laughs> the featherweight women are way stronger than the lightweight women I'm not even joking like I gripped with Karen Antunes and I've never felt a stronger one no one is as strong as Karen Antunes she's a monster though Karen Antunes is probably the yeah. she's got mother's strength <laughs> Yes, yeah. that's a thing. And then you told us like Bian- the strength to lift a car of a baby. You told us Bianca Basilio. What did what did you say about Bianca Basilio's leg lock le- or ankle lock last time? You said it feels like a dog is biting your foot off. You said something. It feels like, like a dog is like a pit bull has attacked my foot, and I'm like, do you mind? And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, normally someone puts me in a foot lock, and I'm like, I have flexible feet, and then she puts me on. I'm like, no, I don't. Get off me. And she's tapped <laughs> people who are like, I know who are like, I don't tap to foot locks, and then she tapped them, and I'm like. Like, I didn't think you really believed me how good her footlock is. Yeah. And then, like, sorry, but, like, it is. Well, you have to tap. Um, I mean, uh, it's, it's a proven fact that Bianca Basilio is just going to break your leg if you don't tap. I mean, we see it yes, all the time. Yes, yes. She, when she told me at ADCC, my, my MCL, I told my MCL. Like, it, like, my foot, like, went all the way, and then my knee just went. Um, <laughs> so... Thanks, you, uh, do you need surgery for that or are you able to just take some time off and, and... no no i had like six weeks off i think i think it was but it was like the worst injury i had in jiu-jitsu mm. which is lucky touchwood um so like in that regard like, it's not like a major or anything but like i tapped really quickly oh i thought i did i don't know i <laughs> try not but... to watch it 
That was. Oh my uh, I it. Your guys' division was the most. <laughs> but uh, there's, a, there's our timer making its debut. The, your guys' division was the uh, was the most savage one at ADCC. It was like everybody was winning, not only winning, but like brutally defeating each other. Everybody yeah, was. was pretty savage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that uh, women's division had so many fucking champions in it. Like I was like, oh my god, but, like it's cool. <laughs> It'd be good if they had more divisions so that you could spread all those sick people out. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's something that's been tossed around. Uh, speaking of which, that's something we've talked about with uh, people on here. If they made like, would you stay under sixty? Like, wh- or would you would you want to go to a heavier one? Or what 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 would you think if they made like a third one? If they made like one that was like, I don't know, sixty five or seventy or something? Would you try and stay under sixty, or would you try and go up? Um, I'd say under 60 because my weight is kind of like under that. So, okay. or like uh, I'm 60 usually walking around. Okay. Um, Might as well stay under 60 then. But, That'd be great for you. But if I won 60, then I would love to do, like go up in divisions, like do a Leandro. Ooh, like, like a Lady that. Leandro. Yeah, you could do that now and go up. Mm-hmm. If you win 60, go up the next time, fight Gabby Garcia. <laughs> I would love to. I love Gabby. She's so cool. But I would love to fight her. Like, if, I wish I didn't have Absolute. Like, that would be such a sick experience. There's so loads of girls I'd love to fight in the Absolute. And, like, that's what's so annoying right now. I'm, like, I'm so keen to, like, now I'm, like, I'm not weight cutting. I'm, like, I can just do all the Absolutes now because I have no excuse. <laughs> I mean, you could revive that MMA career and fight Gabby and Risen. They, they, they're they into that over yeah, they're there. they're looking for opponents. Uh... <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> What do you, what do you, uh, what do you think was your biggest win of your career? Your biggest like championship? Okay, like tournament win, yeah. not like individual match. Um, probably the double gold a year. Like not biggest, but like biggest for me. Um, perfect, perfect answer. That's just, what I wanted just you to because, say. Just because, <laughs> just because um, I just felt like everything was coming together if that makes sense. I think like with the not weight cutting and like I, I fought differently in most of my matches. Like I was like, I was playing guard, I was playing top. Like I got to, um, it felt smooth. Like it felt smooth. Like I had tough matches. Like it's not to say they weren't hard, but I felt like I stayed mentally solid throughout. Um, even though I think it did I say to you that I was like, I don't think I'll win the absolute fight. <laughs> That you might wait what what, what was it probably i interviewed you a whole bunch i think i was like yeah i think i i don't know i was like oh you were like oh well, you know absolutely i was like oh we're probably not gonna win <laughs> i think i said that to someone and they were like yeah you're always saying okay. that stuff <laughs> yeah, like so i interview you like, yeah. it's all a fluke i interview you like multiple times at every tournament and you're just always talking about how you're gonna lose and so it's, <laughs> it's <a> classic <laughs> Classic Fionn. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, Fionn has no confidence. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. that's a good sign. <laughs> if I'm ever like, I'm going to win this division, then that's when you should think, oh shit, she's going to get absolutely annihilated. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I think I felt like everything just like came together, which is why this is annoying. I'd really like to. But however, if nothing happens this year with competitions, am I not the undefeated Grand Slam winner? There's no other tournaments. So there you go. There I don't know go. if that counts as a grand slam. <laughs> no, no, it does. It does. Um, I decide. <laughs> it's the European Grand Slam. There was two tournaments. No, there's one tournament, and that is it. <laughs> it's not as impressive as anyone else's Grand Slam, but you know, I'll take it. So 
before we go into watching this clip of your absolute final, uh, what did you feel was different going into this tournament? What, what, why did you feel like it, you were ready to win the uh, double gold this time? Um, I felt like I made a lot of tech. Like again, like I, I have so much technique to catch up on. Well, it feels like it anyway. Like I feel like I've got so much room to improve, which I'm sure everyone maybe feels that way. But um, I, I'm still like new to it. Like I'm not new, but I feel like it's still such early days, um, and there's still so much to learn. And I like felt like I was getting a lot of technical gains in the lead up to it, and I was just loving being back in the gi because like obviously I did a long prep for ADCC. Um, and I'll never go back to the nogi, <laughs> but no, um, I just like, I was really happy with how my jujitsu was like flowing in the gym. And I just felt like I felt sharp. And then because I wasn't cutting weight and I wasn't putting my body under so much stress, I, and I took a lot of pressure off myself. Um, whereas I felt like I, I was like last, last season, I was like, I have to do every competition. I have to win the grand slam. I have to. Because it went from like having zero expectation to suddenly people were like, oh yeah, Fionn's gonna win. And I was like, people actually think I'm gonna win? What, no, I don't like that. Um, whereas this this season, the plan was to um, thrive under that potential um, thought process and to enjoy that. And I was actually like, I wanted people to think I was going to win because that's cool and very nice. <laughs> and I should maybe try to enjoy that sort of thing instead of being like, no. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I really just wanted to, I just felt like I was like, I want to do, I, I, cause I think, I think as well, like I've beaten Bia and I was like, she's the best. Like, and even if that was just one time thing, I have beaten her and I know I can beat her. That means I can beat anyone because she can beat anyone. So it was kind of like, I don't know, felt like I want some superpowers after like, <laughs> 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 it's like maybe a bit of her, like coolness like had rubbed off on me and that now I could do well and I think it was like kind of permission to do well for myself um yeah I don't know I think uh yeah maybe it did rub off on you so you won your division fairly easily at, at Euros remember you won by did you win you won by submission in the final correct in, in your weight yes and then and yes, in the yes. in the open class do you remember who you fought before uh Jessica before who'd you fight in the in the semis do you remember I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> was it Larissa? Larissa Campos? Mm, okay, was yeah. The... Let me look. Was that that? Was that the semis? I think it was. Yes, wish, it was. I wish we had these brackets Feel, available. Feels like another lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Feels I like was another... there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were competing and yeah, we were all there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> so you get to the final with Jessica Flowers, who I think had to have been everybody's pick. To take this uh, absolute, she's a lot bigger than you. She's won some big absolutes before. What What are you thinking going into this uh, final with Jessica Flowers? Don't let her knee bar me. This, I fought her at Nogi Worlds. I did the absolute. Little known fact, I was in the absolute, not doing very well, and uh, I I tried to shoot for a, <laughs> I tried to shoot for a double leg on her, um, which uh, if you that's not wise because I was also. Uh, 56 kilos in in that nogi worlds whereas i was like you know it's a bit more like a bit more weight on me this time at lightweight um so like i tried to shoot on her and then she just like sprawled and then i kind of like just fell on my back and then tried to do kiss the dragon and she just grabbed my knee and just like bent it and i was like oh okay well get off um <laughs> so that was my only experience of fighting her 
which was like, oh, that I got my neck broken when she sprawled on me. And yeah, like, so when I was going to fight you, I was like, there's absolutely no pressure on me. Like, no one thinks I'm going to win. So this is cool. And, um, and yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm going to try. Like, I thought, I'm going to try and throw it with my original plan. But then she, like, pulled guard. So I was like, I'm going to just stay on top because, you know, why not? Let's just try and stay up. Maybe not shoot a double leg, but. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, I just wanted to be, like, as exciting as possible. I was kind of, like, envisioning, like, a, you know, I wanted to be, like, Mackenzie Dern and be, like, cool and, like, fight the bigger person. Um, so it was, off. <laughs> not oh, quite. Can, can we pull? Can we pull that Mackenzie match up? Oh, but... no, you did great. You won. Yeah, you got on the back. <laughs> so here we are. Oh, here I am in close guard again. Like a classic me. Um, yeah, get up, get up. Oh, you follow. Just sacrificed my knee there. Um, you feel like people in Europe root for you because, uh, I mean, you're you're not from Portugal, but you're all sort of from the same area. Do you get? Do you feel like that there? Do you? Yeah. No, yeah. We were like, when, because uh, when Tommy won his division, we were like, yeah, it's like screaming. Or like, I think it was when he fought Ronaldo and like he beat him. I don't know if he was the final. No, he wasn't the final. But like, Quarterfinal. no, like he was semi, his semi. Okay. Yeah, it was semi. Yeah, against Ronaldo. Because like in the final, he was fighting, I think he was fighting Pedro. Pedro. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So your, it was like, oh, two final. Europeans. So we were like, oh, two Europeans. No, like, like cool. You know, like we wanted to win, but like, yeah. Europeans, woo. Um, <laughs> so, like, I think all the Europeans root for each other because, like, we we don't, not many of us, like, break through. So, we're very much like Team Europe, even though the UK are leaving the EU. But uh, I live in Ireland, so I don't count. Right there, you stacked her, and now you got one hook in. What are you thinking at this point? I'm like, that was the plan. That's exactly what Marcus said to do, and it actually happened. <laughs> he was like, just stay on the outside and, like, do that, like, Toriano, like, pass you like, and, and then he was like go the other way and i just went the other way and it worked and i was like oh okay well that's what he said to do it was like don't get stuck in clothes guard and as soon as i'm out of it just like control on the outside and not go like through the middle because i love going through the middle for a knee cut um so i was like don't do that because you'll get sucked in and then like she'll clamp your leg and like you'll just end up in a tight situation which you don't want to be in so i was like going for more outside style passing and then I did, and I actually passed. I was like, oh, <laughs> um, and then from the back, I was uh, like, right I feel there. confident in. Yeah, I feel a lot more confident in like dom. That sounds obvious, like dominant positions, but like as in like my back control and my mount. Um, I feel, especially in the gi, I feel very confident in. So I knew when I was here, I was like, if I can maintain this and hopefully get a submission i didn't get the submission so it gets a bit like <laughs> but i was trying were you getting um, tired back there it's not easy to, to hold a bigger person in yeah. control position like that it's weird like the adrenaline of the situation was like i just I, I was like i actually could win and if i mess this up now i'll be so angry at myself so i was just like squeezing so tight like <laughs> that i think that made it way more tiring um and I really wanted to submit her as well. So like, I was like trying to like dig under, but I just, just, I just couldn't get, I just couldn't get it. But I mean, now looking back, I probably should have committed a lot more, like maybe here, like look to coming over for the arm, but I don't know. I just didn't feel confident. And I didn't know how well I could maybe control her, like, especially like, um, because it is a little bit of size difference. I was kind of a bit concerned, but maybe I'd lose control and then she might start going a bit crazy. Like, 
yeah. if she escapes, you know, like suddenly go come for me, which is likely. Um, so yeah, now like when I'm watching it here, I'm just like, oh, I should have committed harder on on the choke, like try to dig under and then like go over the head, like with the knee on the head to, to try and submit. But um, when, when you get to the clean. back, <laughs> you get to the back and you get to the got the four points. I mean, what are you thinking mm-hmm. at that point? Like if if I just stay on her back. I'll be double gold at Euros. Like, what, what's going through your head there? Um, now I think now I'm like, oh god, this is probably boring. I'm just stuck on her back, <laughs> but like, not to a point where I'm just going to release because obviously I want to win. But I'm like, sorry, like, because everyone was like, yeah, when I pass, and they're like, yes, and I was like, yeah, this is my Mackenzie moment. And then I was on her back, and they were all just like, uh, is this going to move on? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I can't provide any entertainment anymore. Um, I want to win. <laughs> so, what what kind of emotions did you get uh, winning? I mean, winning the absolute division at Euros is that's a pretty serious accomplishment. What uh, what kind of emotions did did you experience after that? Yeah, it was like quite surreal because I didn't ever envision myself actually winning an absolute. Um, like I've definitely thought about myself winning worlds, um, and I definitely put that in my like because I've fought the girls in my division, right? Like like a bunch of times, and I, although I've like lost to them, I've also beaten them. Like I've been like the main girls, you know, like I fight regularly, and who who do well, I have beaten them. So I I know that even if they've beaten me, I can beat them because I have, if that makes sense. Like we can all beat each other, but like I know that that's possible, and like you just have to perform on the day and make sure everything is like tight you know like you've got your game and and you're feeling confident and like everything just goes right for you on the day um and maybe for some people it just something their mind just goes freak out in that pressure moment or like whatever but like for absolutes because i don't have as much experience fighting the bigger girls or like or yeah there's like different ranges of of girls like i don't really have that confidence that it's uh, like possible whereas like this gave me the confidence that like it is doable like it's going to be really hard but like I definitely now feel like I'd love to win an absolute um world title definitely I want one of those like rings um not a wedding ring a absolute ring (laughs) that would be really cool because then you can be like that what's that Rafa Mendes photo and he's like he's got like all of them yeah yeah yeah, yeah, the Michael Jordan (laughs) yeah Throwback. I really like want. This, I want. Yeah. I'd quite like, like this. I'd quite yeah. like to do a, a my version where I'm like, ooh. I got news for you. Uh, when Gabby <laughs> Garcia was on here recently, she said that she's gonna come back and try and do another double gold at the next world. So there we so go. That, we just set it up. Your dream really? match. Yeah. You win. You get the ring. Like <laughs> Gabby Garcia for the ring. Uh, that would be a, <laughs> a well earned ring. What do you like about? Oh uh, my god! Yeah. The absolute division. Uh, I used to love it. Uh, when I competed, I did lightweight, you know, like the male equivalent of, of your weight division. And I always liked yeah. it because uh, there was no no uh, no pressure on me going in there because I was like the smallest guy in the division. And it wasn't like I was like expecting myself to win like when I did the weight class. Do you feel the same way going to the absolute? Like you can just sort of let loose because there's no pressure? Yeah, like it, it really is that I, I really like to see how – I can really test myself. Like it's like, I want to be better than people in my division, but like in the absolute, there's no pressure because, you know, like I'm lightweight. Um, 
I don't have to do really well in the absolute. No one really cares if I lose. They're kind of like, oh yeah, whatever. Um, so it's like that like lack of pressure and you just get to test yourself against the best people. That's awesome. It's like, it's like a training session. Like just go in and, and just see how you can go. And I love like trying to try and stay standing with like, the bigger girls. I love that. Like I, I really like to try and throw them and stuff. Like obviously sometimes they pull guard or whatever, but like I love that like test them. Can I throw this bigger girl? Like, let's see how that goes, and let's just try and like do mad stuff. And and I love that like little person, big person scenario because you just never get that in you just never get that in judo. Like, you know, because you're trying to flip each other, and that's probably not yeah. safe. But um, I remember when Bianca Basilio yeah, I love fought. That challenge. Bianca Basilio fought Tayani, and it was unreal. I was like, oh my, like yeah, that's yeah. It just makes for exciting matches. And, and and another thing, like it's like amazing when Mikey went in the absolute, right? But like, look at the women's divisions. There's light featherweights in that absolute all the time, yeah, but we just don't common. talk about it. Wait, <laughs> like, it it's more Talia common. is in that absolute sometimes. You know, it's like Amal. Amal what? does it a lot. Yeah, Amal, Amal. Amal's done really Amal, well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like, but like that happens all the time in women's divisions. They're all just hopping in there. Doreen, like yeah. you can really get like hundred kilo, forty eight kilo. Yeah. Doreen, and then like, like, like yeah, okay, they maybe not always get to the podium or like not win, but they're always mixing in there, which I'm always like, okay, well, if they're in there. Yeah, I should then, probably enter. <laughs> it is way different because, like, yeah, and then in the men's division, Mikey, who's was competing light feather, entered, and it was like stop the presses. It was just so like absurd. Like nobody ever does that at that weight. It's like. Basically, in the men's division, nobody below middle ever does it. Really, it was it was surprising yeah. when Lepre did. Yeah, Lepre's only Le- Lepre, Lepre did it. He was a lightweight, and it was, that was a, sh- a shocking one. But uh, yeah. all right, so here we are, European double gold. It, 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 it's a shame. It's a shame that COVID happened because you could have did a double grand slam this year. It's, it's just. That's why I did. Bound to happen. It was just COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just tell people that for the rest of your career. I was going to double Grand Slam mm. in 2020, but... I'll be in the pub of a pint just like, yeah. back in my day. <laughs> then COVID ended my career. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? If if uh, if the season kicks back up, if the IBJJF is like, hey, we're going to have Worlds in November or something uh, later in the year, would you, uh, would you be down? Would you do a later season? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, like even if I can't get as much training as I'd like, that's just an extra challenge, you know, like, um, I'm dying to compete again. Like I was complaining so much, not complaining, but like, I was kind of like, Oh, I feel burnt out. Like I'm doing loads of seminars and like, I feel like I'm competing all the time and, um, and things like that. And now, and now I can't do it. I'm actually banned because of Corona. Um, now I'm just like, all I want to do. And I'm like, why didn't I just appreciate that so much more? Like, who cares if I'm burnt out? I'm 25, like, <laughs> like I'm not burnt out it's fine um and yeah I just I'm, I can't wait to compete like I love it like even just watching that I'm just like, like sad because it's like my favorite thing to do and it's mad to think of a time where I dread competing whereas like I still get nervous but like I'm always excited for it now so yeah I can't wait so we got about uh 10 minutes left uh before we get to the closing type of stuff you have I got to get a question from you for Braulio Estima, another guy based out of the UK. You ever met Braulio? 
I have. I don't know if he, you remember me. He's been in England a long time. <laughs> when, when did you meet Braulio? What? When did I meet him? You know what's funny? Um, oh, this is really cheesy now, but <laughs> my white belt was signed by Braulio. Really? I don't think you'd know that. Yes, did he, did he give a seminar or how did that how did that come about? Yeah, he did a seminar, but I, I wasn't there because I was in work. <laughs> this is like every seminar I'm always in work. But uh, my friend got my belt signed by him because I was like, oh, that'd be really cool. And then he did. And well, he definitely now my white belt that. signed by Brown. <laughs> you probably <laughs> forgot. <laughs> if you weren't even there, there's no way there. <laughs> No, I, one, I wasn't there. And two, like, probably loads of people do that anyway. Um, so that's a fun fact. And how did I meet her? Like, maybe like i think i went training somewhere i think i went to visit somewhere uh at the gym and he was maybe there like but he's like really friendly to everyone so he's like hey yeah. like just in case he knows you i think <laughs> which is a good <laughs> angle um but yeah i i don't know if he'd actually know who i am but he definitely knows him, who you so. are. He, he commentates <laughs> our events he knows who everybody are he knows he oh yeah no he commentated europeans um, last yeah, he probably year. commentated that match that we just watched. He definitely knows who you are. I think he was actually because <laughs> it's him and Drysdale kind of taking turns. Our, yeah. our, our commentary at that Europeans. I bet you he's on the call. Though. Oh, I haven't heard it. But uh, like, okay, go ahead. Wait. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> we need a question from you for Braulio. Uh, okay, I got one question. Uh, I might have two. You can have two. One is. What's his favorite Noco flavor? Because he is also sponsored by Noco, which is a sports drink. <laughs> and I didn't realize until you're like in this WhatsApp group. And I just see him popping up and he's like, my home workout. And he's like, Chris and Noco. And I was like, oh, probably <laughs> sponsored by them too. Um, so what is his favorite flavor? Because I don't know what else to ask. Um, and oh, who am I going to ask where the best jiu-jitsu players <laughs> This is a high pressure situation. Um, oh, am I going to ask all the questions I've been asked before at a seminar? Like, I actually kind of want to ask that. You know, when people ask you questions at seminars and you're just like, oh, why would anyone want to know that? And now I'm like, I kind of want to know what Bradley yeah, thinks. That's ask him. But, um, <laughs> Bradley's an open book. He's, fi he's fine with it. Ask, ask whatever you want. Um. Oh, this is annoying. What do I think? It's <laughs> his favorite NoCo flavor. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? Um, and sorry, um, does he have any advice for a new? new-ish not really new oh my god we're two years into black belt that's depressing because i've missed you now um does he have any uh advice for a newer school black belt some might call a nutella black belt um you know not that what's the cool one called like the hace rays yeah roots roots yeah roots. yeah, yeah. i'm not roots but um <laughs> how, what does he what's his advice for a nutella black belt um, who's like kind that. of new and like wants to be cool and wants to wants to be cool and wants to be better what, what, any advice like that, that might be my <laughs> my favorite question anyone is what is his advice for a Nutella black belt who wants to be cool Riley's the right guy to ask <laughs> I want to be Riley's pretty cool <laughs> but I'm just not because I'm also not 
Brazilian and Brazilians are much cooler than gringos. So. Uh, okay. And we have like five minutes left. Uh, can you, you want to we'll let you give a little, who's that? Marcus yelling in the background? Is he <laughs> losing a call of duty? Yeah. Marcus is yelling at somebody online right now. Uh, he just got, Marcus just got shot in call of duty. He's yelling in the background. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he's very good. He swears a lot. What's <laughs> happening? So we uh, got five minutes left. Uh, take this time, little message to your fans, everybody watching out there, all the fellow Nutella people out there. Nutella and no snack lovers. Um, thanks for the support, especially like everyone who's uh, you know messed about online training. Very appreciated. Um, don't give each other. COVID-19, please. That'd be nice. And uh, thanks to Kings, Barefoot, Yoga Speech J, Noko. You're all really awesome. And especially Kings, because, you know, times are rough, but you're still supporting. So thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, they're going to probably not like that. <laughs> but, uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, thank you, Fionn. Yeah. That was, that was, you heard it. You heard it. You heard it here first. Don't give each other COVID. If you were planning on it, you heard it from Fionn. Don't do that. Uh, don't, Fionn, don't lick each other. <laughs> don't like lick your hand and rub it on anyone's face. Like that'll be don't, rude. Don't do that normally, even yeah. if there wasn't a pandemic going on. No, that's uh, okay normally. That's what I mean, but now it's not. Fionn Davis, not Davies. Everyone, get her name right. Uh, noted, noted. Okay. I uh, right. I didn't know until Euros. <laughs> I was interviewing her. You probably the fifteenth time I'd interviewed you at Euros, and then I found out that your name is really Davis. Actually, it was Hal told me. Hal told me because he's oh. one of your people. He knows. He knew how to pronounce it. He is one of my people. Do he's you... a very Welsh name. Yeah, is that a common name there? No. <laughs> they, they don't have common names. This is much. Yeah, you're not allowed to. Yeah, it's, it's got to be an original when they make them up. On the spot. Yeah, everyone's a first uh, first time. Uh, do you speak the language there? I, I, I go, yes, of course. Yes. How doesn't? How doesn't do do? speak it? Speaker. He's Nutella. He's a Nutella uh, Welshman. He's a big he's a time Nutella, Nutella Welsh. <laughs> Welsh. <laughs> no, no, fake Welsh. <laughs> no, like actually lots of people don't speak Welsh. I am really lucky that I do. Um, I went to a Welsh medium school. So very lucky in that regard. But a lot of people don't, especially in the south where I'm from. Um, but I do. Yay. <laughs> Can we hear My a little bit of it? My name is Fionn Aira Davis. So. Um, what do you want me to say? Thanks uh, for watching. How about that? Say, hey, don't don't, um, uh, don't lick your hand and touch people and give COVID. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll say, Diolch am fawr am wod hyn gyda ni. Paid a roi COVID i rhyw yn arall. Os gwylwch yn You heard so. it there. Yeah, like, uh, gotta clip that out and put it on social for all of our Welsh followers. Make sure. It's like, it's like what the elves. Uh, um, that's how the elves talk in Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, there. it is. It is Elven. Okay, fair enough. Elven, um, Welsh. Thing. I think it was inspired by it. You guys do Elven have a dragon. You have a dragon on your flag, which is pretty cool. Is that not the coolest flag? Yeah. That is <laughs> cool. Like, really cool. Um, Welsh, Welsh is basically. Um, there's like the dragon is the flag, and it's very much like we're very like. Um, all the stories kind of relate to about how we hit England. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> so, like, the red dragon fought the white dragon, which is England, and defeated it. And that's why it's on our flag, um, because we hate England, which I don't. 
but like is a really big part of being Welsh apparently it's very strange so it's very offensive to call me English uh, I don't hate English people to be clear um, but lots of people in Wales do not really but like that's kind of strangely almost race nationalist they they had that yeah. <laughs> before we get into the nationalism <laughs> uh, they had that flag <laughs> hanging up at uh, at ADCC, didn't they? I think everybody that's there gets a, a flag. I think there was a Welsh flag hanging in the background, right? There was, and there's a little Welsh flag on the medal, which I was so happy about. Right. <laughs> Whoever made the medals, I love you. <laughs> Fionn Davis, uh, representing the Red Dragon of Wales. Uh, thank you so much for calling in. That was this was a very fun show, and uh, yeah, everybody, next week, who do we got? We got Braulio. I can't I, remember I, right I now. I who's calling in next week. Yeah, um, uh, is Levi calling in next week? Levi is calling in Tuesday. Wednesday is I can't remember right now, but we have uh, a big guest on Gordon's show on Tuesday. Israel Adesanya, the guy Stylebender from uh, the UFC champion. So tune in for that Tuesday night. Tomorrow on Saturday Night Rewind <laughs> with your buddies from from the last podcast. Uh, me, Mikey, and Tommy do. Have you seen that show? Saturdays, me, Mikey, and Tommy do a show together. Yeah, when you do the breakdowns. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> We're uh, tomorrow. We're doing uh, watching another one of your buddies from Brazil, uh, Nicholas Marigali's first world title. We're watching all all, all three matches from Leandro before he made the finals, all three from Nick- Nicholas before they made the finals, and then the final, the, the epic final where where Nicholas does Leandro's little little thing, mirrors yeah, him. Do yeah. you remember that? When, you remember how Leandro does his little that thing? That was so the- hype. <laughs> 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 Nick, Nick, Nicholas, Nicholas did yeah, it back really, at him. It's really hard because I love them both, so it's, it's quite difficult. Some right. big fans of both of them, so I'm like, don't fight. Tune in, <laughs> <Or> fight. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tune in tomorrow for that, and uh, tell Marcus we said hey. Talk to you later. Thanks, Fion. Thanks, Fion. Take it easy. Thank you. Bye. What am I doing?